As believers, we can live an overcoming, victorious life, walking in victory over the flesh, the world, and the devil. In this concluding message, we discuss three reasons why every believer must press in to live an overcoming life. All right, today, uh, what we're going to do is I'm just going to make these announcements before I go. Uh, John Paul, who's one of our young leaders, he's, he's going to be leading us in the declaration, so he will do that. And then right after that, we're going to have a special song by the worship team. They'll minister to us in song. Uh, so uh, right after John Paul does the declaration, the worship team, uh, they'll minister to us in song. And then today we're going to have Pastor Selena, who's part of our pastoral team. She will come and right after that, and she will minister the word. She's uh, our children's church pastor and also part of our pastoral team. She also teaches in the Bible college and um, uh, right up uh, until sometime prior to the lockdown, uh, she was heading up our catalyst ministry, which was our uh, ministry into the schools, our outreach ministry into the schools. And hopefully, uh, you know, in, in a short while from now, we'll be able to resume that. Um, but uh, so Selena has been involved in all of these areas. She's been with us since 2008. Uh, she's a very important part of our pastoral team. So she will come and she will minister to us. Right? So just uh, enjoy your time in God's presence. Morning, church. <clears throat> Morning, church. Yeah. Uh, before we do the declaration, um, this reading from Genesis chapter 17, verse 4 and 5. God is telling Abraham, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. And we go down and come to verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and indeed I will give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and shall be a mother of nations, Kings of peoples will come from her. Amen. So in the scripture, we see God giving so much importance even to the names. So the name Abram, it meant exalted father. And God wanted to bless Abraham. So he asked him, change your name in the sense, call yourself as you are a father of a multitude of nations. And same with Sarah. She will be called as a mother of kings. Amen. So God wanted to, for Abraham and Sarah to tell themselves what God is calling them. Amen. For each one of us, God has given us thousands of promises in his word. And even as we declare this, we are telling, we are speaking this to ourselves, what God is speaking about us. When we say, I'm blessed, that means God has already said that you are blessed in Jesus. When we say we are protected, we declare what God has already spoken about us. Amen? So even as we do the declaration, just remember that these are the things we speak 
knowing that God has already spoken this over our lives and we just repeat and declare it over our lives by ourselves. Can we do that? Shall we all rise to our feet, please? And let's make our declaration. If you have your Bibles with you, please uh, hold it high up in the air and let's say every word as we mean it, all right? All right, let's go. This is God's word. Maybe a little more louder. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I am saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I am a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word. I believe his word. And I live by his word. Christ is my master. And to him, I am in absolute surrender. I walk in the more glorious covenant with God. I live the more glorious life in the spirit. I manifest the more glorious ministry of the spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you want to sit, you can sit. But if you want to join us for the song, you're welcome to do that as well.
overcomer. Amen. We believe in that. Amen. You're an overcomer. Please take your seat. Welcome Pastor Selena onto the stage. Thank you, worship team, for that song. Psalms uh, chapter 22, the psalmist David um, pours out his heart to the Lord, and he's just pouring out his woes to the Lord. He's, he's, he feels like, you know, God has really forgotten him. And then um, he's, you know, narrating or just sighing out all his problems and how his flesh feels, how his bones are feeling. And then um, he goes down to move from that place of, um, you know, um, of complaining or just pouring out or venting out his frustration uh, to saying that, you know, you have answered me. He's telling God that you have answered me. And in verse 22, he says, I will declare your name to my brethren. And in the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. So this morning, before we look at um, what God has in store for us, uh, let's look at some of the testimonies that have come in, uh, just declaring, uh, you know, what God has done, his deeds, his work in our midst, uh, declaring that in the assembly of the Lord so that we can all together praise him for what he has done in the lives of um, uh, people who were here in the auditorium and also those watching online. So this testimony we received was on March 11th, and this uh, person is suffering from a severe headache for two, two months, and um, this pain comes on suddenly around six or seven times in a day, and it's like somebody's just punching them on the head, and the pain is just radiating back to the neck. And um, this person is in the medical field, so kind of knows what, you know, this might be, and so was scared to go even and see a doctor or, you know, consult a doctor. And uh, during the, you know, spiritual, uh, so sorry, supernatural Sunday, the supernatural Sunday when pastor was praying, uh, again, this person had this bout of the headache, and um, uh, they just prayed, and um, the episodes after that day uh, reduced, and uh, they suddenly experienced that they were not having any more of this uh, pain. They just want to praise God for uh, miraculously healing them. This uh, testimony we received was on March 13th. Um, this person suffers from something called a parotitis near the right ear. I really don't know what that is. Um, and um, so from the last week of February when they had come to church, you know, um, this person was healed during the healing prayer time, during, you know, when um, we were praying for healing. And um, uh, the person visited the doctor on March 10th and the doctor told this person that no glands can be seen, so they're totally healed and recovered from this problem in the right ear. 14th March, uh, we received an, another testimony. Um, this person has been suffering for almost close to a year with severe acidity problems, and um, during the prayer time, this person was healed, 
um, and uh, has just testified to how wonderful and miraculous and marvelous God's ways are and how gracious he has been in this person's life. And even though the healing was progressive through the week, uh, but they experienced total healing and restoration and they just want to thank God for uh, the healing that this person received. On 15th March, um, you know, uh, we received an, another email, just two more um, emails of testimonies. 15th March, um, you know, this person's written saying that they had a slight back pain, which started the weekend. And when they came to church, uh, this person was not able to sit comfortably because um, there was a lot of pain. And uh, during the prayer time, pastor had asked those of you who were experiencing pain to you know, lay your hands on that part of the body and just pray. And so this person prayed. And uh, when they woke up the next morning, um, you know, they could feel no pain. And this, and this person wants to thank God for um, wonderfully healing and delivering um, him or her from this sickness and disease. Uh, the last email uh, we received was on 18th March. Um, so this person writes saying that from the first week of February... Uh, this person was suffering with a lot of digestive problems, various digestive problems, and was asked to take medications and um, was on restricted diet, uh, bland meals, small meals. The person was praying for relief, and um, during, on Sunday during uh, ministry time, you know, when Jean specifically called out the symptoms that this person was experiencing, um, you know, um, person claimed healing by the word of God and, um, you know, uh, is feeling much better, is, is restored and there's no more digestive issues or problems. And um, the person writes saying that um, how amazed uh, he or she is that, you know, uh, God knows your problems, picks out your problems, even though there are so many people addresses that. And, um, you know, it's a, a testimony of um, how, you know, um, uh, of, uh, of the body of Christ walking in the more glorious uh, ministry of the Holy Spirit and just gives honor and glory uh, and praise to God and also says how blessed this person is being part of the body of Christ. So even as we've declared the great marvelous deeds of the Lord, let's just thank God, just let's say a big thank you to God and just... You know, give our praise and thanks offering to God for what he has um, done in the lives of these people. Um, over the, the last seven weeks or so, you know, our sermons were based um, on the series on how to live an overcoming uh, life. Where our goal was to help believers in learning how to live victorious and um, uh, overcoming life, uh, a life that is overcome over the flesh, uh, the world, and the devil. So our goal was basically to, you know, equip and strengthen believers how to live a victorious life over the flesh, the world, and the devil. Today is the concluding sermon of this of this series. And before we look at what God has in store for us this morning and what we can learn this morning, um, let's just do a quick um, review of what was covered in the last seven messages. So we have established the fact that all believers can live overcoming and victorious lives over the flesh, the world, and the devil. We've understood that the cross of Jesus Christ and our identity in Christ is the basis for us to live an overcoming and victorious life. 
we also discovered that living by the word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit or walking in the spirit are practical keys uh, to living a victorious life. So we discuss how to live a, a, a victorious life over the flesh. So how do we overcome the flesh? The first thing is to know that you are free from the power of sin. The second thing is to use the word in relation to your area of weakness. You know, take scripture passages, promises in God's word, and speak it against your problems, your difficulties, your weaknesses, and see the word of God come true in your life. The third thing is to walk in the spirit and you will crucify the flesh, which means that the more you are yielded and submitted to the spirit, the more that you are in fellowship with the spirit, the more your spirit man is growing and you're not feeding your carnal nature or your fleshly nature and thus you can crucify that means you can put to death the deeds or the desires or the lustful passions of the flesh the fourth one is uh, to put on Jesus and make no provision for the flesh the fifth one is to get another believer to walk with you, to encourage you, to, you know, kind of mentor you or somebody who you are accountable to and who can, you know, uh, uh, help you along life's journey. Following that, we discovered um, and we discussed how to live, uh, you know, uh, in victory over the world. Uh, in the world, we face worldly influences and um, attractions. We also, you know, have the cares and the pressures of this world. And, you know, we face troubles and persecutions. That is hardship. We go through trials. Uh, we go through tribulations. And so these are all the things that we face in the world. We discovered four biblical instructions to live a victorious life over the world. And what was the four things that uh, we discovered is um, to set your desires on things above. The second thing is to be sanctified by the word and the spirit. Sanctified means set apart, being holy. And, you know, we can be set apart and holy only when the word of God, you know, works in our lives and renews us and strengthens us and, you know, keep makes us holy. And it's, of course, the power of the Holy Spirit that works in our lives to put, you know, to, uh, to death the deeds and the desires of the flesh. The third thing is to live by faith um, in God and with a renewed mind. Renewed mind is a new mind. A mind is renewed when we are uh, you know, feeding on God's word, when God's word fills our thoughts, our lives, and also you know, living by faith and not by sight. And uh, the fourth thing is to be spiritually minded and earthly wise. So the last Sunday, um, we discussed on how to overcome the devil, and we discussed again four biblical instructions that we can apply to walk in victory over the devil. The first thing is to know that Satan has been defeated. So when Jesus died on the cross, you know, he not only took our sin, but he also defeated Satan. So Satan has no power and no authority 
and Jesus shares his victory with you and me and we can walk in that victory. We can declare that victory over every work and you know demonic forces that comes against us and we can um, stand against it in the name of Jesus and the finished work uh, of the cross. The second thing is to be aware of the enemy's statics. You know, um, our enemy is um, a liar, a deceiver, and very subtly he brings in things, you know, in our lives, just creeps in. He is like a, a roaring lion is waiting to devour us, and um, he's all out to steal, kill, and destroy. So we need to be aware of the enemy's tactics and stand our guard, be on guard always, and, you know, fight um, uh, and overcome the enemy. The third one is to be vigilant and give the enemy a uh, no opportunity and the fourth one is to use your spiritual weapons so god has not just given us uh, you know saying that okay i've died on the cross i've given you the victory so use my you know uh, the victory that i have um, won for you on the cross but he has given us the weapons that we need which is his word uh, the blood of the lamb uh, he's given us uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, he has given us the authority and the power and weak and, um, you know, the, the armor of God that is mentioned in Ephesians chapter 6. Oh, and all of these things that God has given us, he's given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And we can live our lives using these weapons. And, of course, we have uh, the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit that is working and backing us up, uh, you know, 24 so today we look at um, how do we live the overcoming life, okay? How do we live the overcoming life? Now living an overcoming victorious Christian life, is it very easy? Yes, no, maybe, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Is it easy? How many of you all find it easy? Okay. Yeah, it's not, it's not easy, it's very difficult, and we must make a determined effort to walk in what God has provided for us. You know, God just didn't put us here, and he just does not finish the work on the cross and let us live our lives, but he has given us everything, he's provided us everything, and so we need to co-labor with God, and we need to work alongside with God and the Holy Spirit, and, you know, make a determined effort to walk in what God has already provided for us. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he came, he introduced uh, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven in our uh, realm. Now, what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of God uh, describes whose kingdom it is. So whose kingdom is the kingdom of God? It's God's kingdom, okay? And the kingdom of heaven, um, you know, um, describes where this kingdom originates from. So where does this kingdom from? heaven. It's not from the earthly realm, uh, but it's outside the earthly realm. It's a spiritual realm, and it's called heaven. So on one hand, you know, uh, Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is near. That means the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which means it's near, uh, it's accessible for everyone. That means all of us who are believers, who are children of God, who are born again, we are part of the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of 
heaven. And we have access to the kingdom power, the kingdom authority, the kingdom reign, the kingdom presence. We also have access to the kingdom blessings. And Jesus also stated that it's the father's good pleasure to give his children the kingdom and he also stated that you know we must be like little children to enter the kingdom of heaven now Jesus came to bring into us the kingdom of God and bring us into the kingdom of God so Jesus came to bring us into the kingdom of God and the kingdom into us so as children of God the kingdom is established in our hearts and in our lives so that is one aspect or one side of the kingdom of God on the other hand Jesus said that we need to be valiant and tenacious warriors to experience the kingdom Jesus stated, or Jesus said, that we have to be tenacious or valiant warriors to experience the kingdom of God. And this is mentioned in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. And it says that from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Now, this seems to be a dichotomy. The kingdom is within us, and yet we are to forcefully or violently enter into it, which means there is an element of violence or forcefulness with which we must take the things of the kingdom. And there's a paradox here as well. We are called to be both kingdom children and kingdom warriors, and it takes the wisdom of God to know which posture to take when. So there are times when we need to take the posture of being a, a kingdom child or a kingdom children where we just receive things that God has given to us, that God has redeemed for us, that God has purchased for us with childlike faith and confidence and trust in God and with humility just like a child. On the other hand, we need to be kingdom warriors where we must receive um, things. We, we need to be aggressive in our pursuit, uh, in, in taking on the things that have been made available or that has been provided for us in the kingdom. So who do we fight against? Do we fight against God? Is God keeping away the promises or the blessings that we have to press in and fight against him? No, you know, it's not God because he's not the one who's keeping away the kingdom blessings or the promises from us. It's rather, you know, the three enemies that is our own flesh, the world and the devil. These are the three enemies that we need to push past, that we need to overcome in order to take the things of the kingdom, in order to take what God has provided for us. So there must be an aggressive pursuit, a striving in, a pressing in to take what God has made already available for us in his kingdom. Yes, it comes to us by grace. We receive it freely. That's one side of the coin. But the, on the other side of the coin is sometimes we need to be aggressive and forceful um, and um, 
you know, to take what God has already given to us. So all the passionate ones, the zealous ones, the people of violence, the people of force, in a spiritual sense, so to say, are the ones who will enjoy the kingdom blessings or the things of the kingdom that God has made available to us. So if we don't use this spiritual force or make this you know, we don't make this um, spiritual effort to take things by force, then we risk living a defeated life uh, as believers, and we also miss out on the blessings, you know, that Christ has purchased for us, that he's made, uh, you know, available for us, he's provided for each one of us. Now, let me give you a couple of examples to help you understand what, I, what I'm exactly saying, or what Jesus has asked us to do. Okay, let's look at the example in Genesis chapter 32, and here we see Jacob. Uh, he's in a very difficult situation. He's stressed out. He's worried. He's anxious. Um, he's scared that his brother Esau is going to come and fight against him, you know, take away all his possessions that he's worked hard for so many years. So he, you know, parts his um, family and sends them away in different directions, and he's all alone that night. And that night, he wrestles with God. And as he's wrestling with God, he overpowers, uh, you know, it, it says in Genesis, the man, he overpowers the man. In some, uh, in some translations, it says the angel of God. Um, and, you know, uh, the, and it's drawing near to uh, dawn. And, um, you, know, uh, the, uh, you know, God wants to go. And uh, he's asking Jacob to let go. But Jacob says, you know, I will let go only if you bless me. So here was Jacob, you know, forceful, uh, pushing in, pressing in uh, to receive uh, his blessing. And we see that he receives his blessing and, you know, uh, and his, uh, his there's a divine destiny that is portioned for him and for the generations um, to come. Um, and I'll give you another example in, you know, today's life, uh, a pra very practical example. I go uh, for a half an hour walk every day in the park near my house. And um, uh, there's a young girl who is a Hindu convert who also comes uh, for her evening walks, the same park. And I didn't see her for a couple of months. And then, you know, um, one fine day I saw her. We were very excited to see each other. And then, you know, she just shared with me how God has been working in her life, the miracles that he has done. And it's just amazing to hear her miracle and her testimony. The first thing she said was, you know, how God beautifully orchestrated uh, a believer to come into her life. And she got married. And then she, um, you know, had two miscarriages, uh, which left her very shattered and uh, broken. But she realized that this is not God's will or plan, or this is not God's purpose for her life. And so every day after her husband went away to work in the morning, she locked herself in the house for three months, and she just pressed in in prayer. You know, just speaking, just declaring God's promises, uh, just speaking the word, just pressing in, just crying out to God. And, you know, at the end of three months, she conceived and, um, you know, she, um, um, 
but her pregnancy was not easy because uh, she has uh, blood sugar and her sugar used to shoot up really high. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think she said 460 and I, you know, she said that the night she would shiver and sweat profusely. Her husband had to hold her tight and the doctor who she was going to, you know, is a Christian uh, lady, a Christian doctor and she said, you're mad. I understand you need to have faith and confidence in God, but this is sheer madness. But she knew that this was what God had ordained because she prayed about it. She kept pressing and she just f kept fighting it. And at the end of uh, nine months, uh, of course, she prayed for, um, you know, um, uh, a normal delivery, but she had to go for a, a cesarean. And she said, I would have had a normal de delivery, but in the last moment, you know, I was filled with anxiety and fear, taken up with all of the pressures, so I just gave in. But I, knew if, I, I know that if I had not given in, I would have had a normal delivery. She gave birth to a healthy boy baby, and he's a grown-up child now. Okay, so here we see that, you know, somebody who did not just take, um, you know, a no for an answer, somebody who didn't think that, you know, miscarriage was part of her life, that she can't have a baby, but somebody who pressed in in prayer. So there are times when we need to really press in and to take hold of what God has taken hold of us or take hold of the blessings or the things that he's already made available or provided for us and, you know, not stop not give in, uh, press on, continue running till we see, till we receive the blessings that God has for us. So when we press in in prayer like this for three months, it's not reminding God of, a, of the covenant he has made or the covenant promises or the covenant blessings. It's not reminding God because God knows everything. It's coming to a place where we are aligning our will to God's will. We're aligning our whole being to what God has ordained for our lives, for what he has planned and purposed for our lives and coming into perfect alignment in perfect position and positioning ourselves in the in the perfect place so that we can receive all of God's blessings so are some of you you know looking at uh, patterns in your life where there has been continuous failure um, you know there's um, there's nothing just working in that part of your in that area of your life it seems dead uh, you kind of given up um, you know, um, you think that it's it's not for you. Uh, maybe some health issue, maybe some health problem. You can you have been praying, but nothing is happening. Just press in. Just don't give up. You know, uh, declare God's promises. Uh, press in. Uh, run into it. Uh, keep going. Uh, keep asking um, till you see and receive what God has for your life. So why should we as believers live an overcoming life? We'll consider uh, three biblical um, uh, reasons or we look at uh, three biblical, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, points or three biblical reasons, uh, you know, why we should be as believers living an overcoming life. The first one is to delight the Father's heart. The second one is to reveal Jesus to the world. And the third one is to be fruitful in the kingdom of God. So the first thing is to delight the, the Father's heart. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5 verses 9 to 10 says, Therefore we make it our aim, 
whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So what is our aim in life? We all have different goals, we have different aims, but what is the spiritual aim or what is God calling us? And Paul is saying that our aim should be that whether we are living, you know, or whether we die, that we have to live to please him in all things, that our life should be well-pleasing to him. And we should also be aware of this fact that one day we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ in heaven, and we will give an account of the things that we have done and how we have lived our lives. So what would please the Father's heart? I think it would please the Father's heart if you are grateful for all that he has done for sending his son Jesus Christ to redeem us and doing our best to live in the provision that he has made available for us. Or if we only knew who Jesus is, if we only knew what he has done for us and made no effort to receive the, the provision that he has made for us or everything that he has freely given us by grace, everything that he's purchased for us on the cross, then we are not living or our aim is, you know, uh, is, uh, we are not living, sorry, to please the Father's heart. So the answer here is very obvious. Uh, if we delight in God's heart, we would first of all be grateful for every provision that he has made available for us. And we also will strive to live um, in what he has freely given to us by his grace. Let me give you a uh, couple of examples here. We know that it's God's will to heal us. Is that right? Is it God's will to heal all of us? Any sickness, any disease? Yes, it's God's will to heal each one of us. But, you know, um, and it's God's will to heal all those, you know, God will heal all those who come to him in faith. But if you live thinking that this sickness or disease is God's will for my life, or, you know, um, I prayed about it, but nothing has happened. So maybe it's God's will for my life. I have to live with this and maybe even die with this. Then we are actually not making provision of what God has, you know, provided for us or made available for us or purchased for us on the cross. Because the scripture says, by his stripes, we are healed. Okay, by his stripes, we are healed. And so we press in to claim this promise. We press in to claim that God on the cross, you not only took my sin so that I can be forgiven, but you took my sickness, you took my pain, you took my disease so that I can be healed, so that I can be restored, so that I can be made whole again. And we press in and we also claim our covenant blessing because the healing is the children's bread or the healing is the children's right because we are part of the covenant of that God made with us and part of the covenant blessing is healing so we press in we strive in we take hold of that and we keep running with that we keep um, you know pressing on with that we keep engaging in that promise 
till we receive that, till we see that promise become a yes and amen, a reality in our life. When we do that, you know, we are actually, um, uh, you know, pleasing or delighting the Father's heart. Or we are taking provision of what God has made available for us. Sometimes we think that, you know, there are some weaknesses in our flesh. Just say, for example, anger. And, um, you know, we make excuses saying that, um, you know, anger is part of my genes. You know, it's genetic, uh, herid you know, it's heredity, it's come down from the lines. My father had it, my grandfather had it, my great-grandfather had it, so my uncles and everybody. So I just can't overcome this weakness. Or maybe if you're suffering with, um, say, a sickness or some, a problem like depression, and, uh, you, you know, you, you say that, you know, depression has been part of, um, you know, the generations uh, in my family. And um, we all think it's a generational curse. And that is why I, too, have it. You know, just believing this and living this is actually a lie because it's not from God. And uh, we know that when Jesus died on the cross, you know, the power of sin is already broken. The power of sin is broken over our lives. And we need to take hold of this power, this authority that he's given to us so that we can overcome the weaknesses in our flesh and not make excuses. Similarly, if you're saying that, you know, depression or any other problem in your family, or, you know, you're saying that, you know, in our family, we've seen from generations that, uh, uh, you know, somebody in the family who's very young dies at a very young age, and it's happened, you know, just like a generation curse. And that is a lie to believe also as a child of God because on the cross, Jesus also took our curse upon himself. And every curse over our lives is broken. So we declare that, we believe that, and we receive that for our lives. Let me give you another example. Um, suppose, you know, you just get excited and very passionate to serve the Lord and... Um, you decide to go on a mission trip or you join the, the church team on going for an evangelism, uh, you know, uh, a trip uh, anywhere in, in India or also on Sundays in our city. Um, or maybe you join the hospital team that goes to the hospitals to pray and you're very excited about it. But suddenly at the back of your mind, you're thinking uh, or you're saying to yourself, hey, I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to step in into missions now or I'm going to serve the Lord uh, I'm surely going to get attacked by the evil one. See, either me or my family is going to have some sickness or, you know, you know some problems, some difficulties, some hardship you're going to face. And that can be like a fear at the back of your mind. Maybe because you've heard somebody say that or you've seen somebody in your family experiencing and saying it. Or maybe you've, you've went for a mission trip before and something really bad has happened. And that has, you know, stayed at the back of your mind. And, you know, that kind of becomes um, a fear, a hindrance, can even stop you from stepping out and uh, ministering. So, you know, but when we live like that, you know, we are not actually making provision for what Christ has already done for us or has given us. Because it says in um, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 14, that we are far from oppression and we need not live in fear. 1 John 5.18 says, We are born of God, and we are the children of God, and the evil one cannot in any ways touch us. 
1 John chapter 4, verse 4, where it says, The Spirit of God who lives in me is greater than the one who lives in the world. Greater is he who is in me than who is in the world. So that is in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. And so when we, when we think like this, when we believe like this, we, and we walk in these lies or, uh, you know, and we live these lies, we believe these lies, we are actually not making provision of what God has already given to us. Paul says, you know, um, I take hold of what Christ has taken hold of me. Paul says or states in, in his letters that, you know, I take hold of what Christ has taken hold of me. So to lay hold of in the Greek means to make one's own or to win or to attain. So even as God has given us all of these precious promises and every provision that we need, we need to press in to take ownership of that, to make it, uh, you know, a, a part of our lives, to own it for our own lives, to win it for our own lives, and, and press until we have attained it. Jesus laid hold of uh, Paul, or he was called Saul, on the road to Damascus, uh, you know, during his conversion, and now Paul longs to lay hold of the fullness of this life in Christ, uh, and he's unsatisfied until he does so. So what really pleases the father's heart or what is the, you know, the, the desire of uh, the father's heart is when we live to please him, when we strive to take hold of the things that he has made available to us. The next thing why we should as believers live an overcoming life is to reveal Jesus to the world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, um, Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he says, Now thanks be to God who leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. This is in verse 14, but in verse 11, the apostle Paul uh, mentions that we should not be ignorant of Satan's devices or his schemes and uh, we are in a spiritual warfare and Paul states that God always will cause us to triumph in Christ whatever the hindrance whatever the attack that we have you know whatever we are engaging uh, in God will always cause us to be triumphant in Christ Jesus and it's through this life of triumph that God spreads his aroma, his fragrance uh, of his knowledge everywhere we go. So living a triumphant, victorious, and overcoming life is part of positioning uh, of the believer through which, you know, God diffuses the sweet aroma or the fragrance of Christ, the knowledge of God everywhere uh, we go. So let's look at a couple of examples. Um, you know, uh, students, there are many, quite a lot of children here. You know, uh, children in school or young people who are studying in, um, in colleges. You know, we know that um, everyone copies because you want to get some extra marks, right? Or sometimes you copy just to pass. And, um, and you know, as believers, uh, you know, we're so tempted you know, children are so tempted to be like their other friends. So your one friend says, you show me this answer, 
you and you know i will show you this answer okay so at that time you know how do we um, diffuse the aroma of christ how do we live as an overcomer do we say okay you show me this answer and i will show you this answer or you know you show me this fill in the blank and i will show you this fill in the blank when we do that we are not living a life of honesty or integrity before god maybe your teacher is not watching but god is you know in in, in schools colleges and workplaces there's a lot of bad language that is used and we see that uh, children even in the age of um, grade 1 use really filthy bad words you know when we use that you know we we are not actually spreading the aroma of christ or the knowledge of god because we become one like our other friends you know so in our workplace or in our business deals we need to live a life of honesty and integrity even though it's hard not making any compromises not compromising on kingdom values kingdom standards um or on the word of god but living according to the word of god even though we might seem to lose the business deal but we have faith that you know god will help us even though we think that all our friends are going to get more marks than me because everybody is copied and i'm not going to get uh, more marks or full marks but we have faith that god is going to help us you know in the area of our study or in our business or in the workplace you know where we are asked to change figures or you know uh, do things that are wrong and uh, we we kind of given because we don't want to lose our jobs because we have all of these bills to pay family to take care loans to take care of um, but at that time when we don't make our compromises when we live according to the word of god at those times you know we are um, spreading the aroma of christ uh, the knowledge of god to others so your boss can ask you hey man everybody is doing it what's your problem why can't you do it and then you can just say it's against my uh, godly values or what the bible says or what god would want me to do you know and um, you know he might argue with you but it will just open up those where you can share Christ with your boss with your colleagues with other people uh, in the workplace or you know at times when we don't pull down other people or play any kind of dirty politics so that we can take their position you know we are in a place where we are positioning our place where we are actually diffusing the aroma or the fragrance of Christ and people will know and see and acknowledge uh, uh you know Christ in us and will also know that you know they too can live lives like this when they have Jesus as their personal savior so if we uh, you know don't compromise um on these lines don't compromise on the word of god you know to propel or to climb up the ladder of success swiftly you know god honors that yes maybe we will be in the same place receiving the same salary for a couple of years but you know god knows in his divine way in his uh, in his in his in his power he will he will orchestrate things where he will just lift you up but you know we need to stand our ground we can't make our compromises and it can be even in simple things that people can acknowledge and see Christ in you i remember once as a family we were going on a sightseeing tour in a bus and um, we were the first ones to get in so we took uh, you know our seats we were very comfortable but uh, there were many young married couples who came in and boarded the bus later and um uh, two or three couples had different seating so they had to sit 
separately. So the ones who had the single seat uh, you know, next to them, they requested them if they could move to different places and uh, they were not willing. And this request turned into an argument and you know, they started arguing, all these couples were arguing with each other, with these single people who were uh, you know, part of the, the trip. And finally, you know, uh, as a family, my, um, uh, you know, my dad just said, why don't you girls get up and, you know, sit in different seats. So we had to sit in different seats with other people and, um, you know, so that these couples can sit. And so we just said, okay, please come and take our seats and we will go and sit in your seats. And uh, apart from the thank you that we received from them, the question they asked us is, are you Christians? I was shocked. You know, just a simple gesture, just getting out of your seat, giving somebody else a place. They asked, you, they asked us, you know, are you Christians? And that really shocked me. And that really stayed in my mind that even simple things that we do, people can know, you know, who we believe and, um, you know, see our lifestyle and acknowledge the God that we worship. But sadly, sometimes, you know, we make our compromises. And that is why, you know, we are portrayed in a world where, you know, Christians are known as, you know, people who drink or smoke or, you know, and all of those things. It's sad to hear that. But we as children of God, we as people of God, people who are ushered into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, can stand our ground, not make our compromises, and can be the aroma of Christ, diffuse the fragrance of God, the knowledge of Christ, wherever we go. The third thing, the last point, is why we should as believers live an overcoming life, is to be fruitful in the kingdom of God. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9, uh, the Apostle Peter states that God has given us everything that we require for life and godliness. He states that through these great and precious promises that God has given us, we are partakers of the divine nature of God and we have also escaped the moral decay that is in this world. And this is the overcoming victorious life of a believer. And Peter then encourages uh, the believers to add seven essential ingredients uh, to our faith. So what do we add on to our faith? He says, to your faith, add on virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. I'll repeat that again says to our faith we need to add virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness and love. We'll read two more verses uh, following um, verses uh, three and nine. Uh, sorry, we'll read two verses from this para, verses 8 and 9, where Peter is uh, writing and saying, For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Now notice how he ties all of these things into being fruitful in our Christian walk. So Peter is saying, as we live according to the divine nature, living by the great and precious promises, living a victorious life over the moral decay in this world, 
and uh, 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 you know, adding and uh, growing in our faith, we will lead a fruitful Christian life. And we will be able to grow in the purposes, the plans that God has for our lives, and we will bear fruit for his kingdom. So uh, being fruitful, uh, you know, um, uh, or bearing fruit um, in a Christian works uh, from the inside out. Being fruitful in your life works from inside out. It's not something that can be accomplished by our human willpower, but it's something that is accomplished by the power of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit that is working in and through a believer in Christ. And being fruitful is the work of God in our lives and it's a work of his grace in our lives. So what does the fruitful life for God's kingdom look like? So good fruit is seen in the change in our disposition, our attitudes, our lifestyles, our affections, and our actions. And those things that formerly, you know, uh, we loved now become loathsome to us. We just kind of, you know, detest it, totally detest it. At one point of time, we were indulging in those sins, we loved those sins, but now when we are born again, the fruit that we bear is that, you know, those sins no longer, you know, please us, we don't like to engage in that, it's detestable in our sight, it's loathsome to us. We also begin to love one another with Christ's love, we more easily forgive one another with the forgiveness that we receive, with the power of God that is working in our lives to forgive others who we find it very difficult to forgive at times. We are also given an opportunity to seek good and to do good for everyone. We can also exercise spiritual gifts when we meet together and fellowship together as a body in Christ. You know, we have this, we can bear fruit of uh, sharing the gospel of salvation and lead others to Christ and disciple them in the ways of the Lord. We can be grateful and give praise to God. We can seek to do good in all things. And, you know, when we do things for God, you know, we're not doing it so that we are acknowledged that, you know, we can boast of who we are, our spiritual maturity. Um, but, you know, we do everything so that God can be glorified in and through our lives. And there are times also when we can confess our sins, you know, and pray continually for God to work in our lives yield our lives in submission uh, for the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit so that we can be sanctified daily and renewed in our minds. Another, you know, fruitful life for God's kingdom would look like, you know, when we strive to know God, know his ways, uh, knows, know what pleases him, and doing things that pleases his heart, doing things that honor him, uh, and knowing that apart from him, we can bear no fruit. Now, Peter is saying that if we take this way or if we take this route, then he states that the believer is, um, is somebody who is living, you know, mindful of what he has been given, what he has received, and also is bearing fruit for God's kingdom. But if we don't take this route, Peter is saying that, you know, believer is blinded um, and has forgotten all that God has done for them. So even as we come to the close of the series, you know, of how to live an overcoming life, you know, um, 
three things that we as believers should do to live an overcoming life. And before I mention the three things, I would like the worship team to come up on stage. Um, so what are the three things that we need to do as believers to live an overcoming life? The first thing is to delight the Father's heart. You know, in everything that we do, that our aim is to please him. And what pleases his heart is when we are grateful and thankful for what he has done and also, you know, um, strive and take hold of what he has made available to us, what he's provided for us, and, uh, you know, live by that. The second thing is to reveal Jesus to the world, you know. Uh, we are uh, triumphant in Christ. We are made victorious over every situation. And, you know, we can be overcomers over our three enemies, that is the flesh, the world, and the devil. And when we, be, when we live overcoming lives, we spread or diffuse the aroma of Christ wherever we go, that is, we spread the knowledge uh, of Jesus Christ. And the third thing that we believers need to do to live an overcoming life is to be fruitful in the kingdom of God. And I listed out what does a fruitful life for God's kingdom look like. Okay, so, um, you know, I hope that each one of you were blessed through these series. And, um, you know, let's just be mindful of the fact of what God has done for us on the cross. Let it not be something that has, you know, what he did 2,000 years back, but let it be something that is a reality, something that is personalized in our own lives, something that we, uh, we live for, something that we take hold of, something that we run along uh, till we see God's purposes, till we see God's um, uh, you know, will be accomplished in our lives, till we take hold of what Christ has taken hold of us and living that victorious life that God has purchased with his very own life, with his precious blood for each one of us. Okay, let's all stand to our feet and I'll ask the worship team to lead us in a song and then I'll ask the pastors to come on stage, please. We can also minister. There's nothing stronger 
nothing higher, nothing greater than the name of Jesus. All the There's nothing stronger, nothing higher, nothing greater than the name of Jesus. All the honor, all the power, all the glory to the name of Jesus. The cross has the every weapon that we need to fight our three enemies and a Christian life is not a life that you know we sit back passively but it's an it's a life where we need to be active we need to engage in we step in we take hold of we run till we win till we take hold of what God has made available to us so this afternoon, if any one of us here, you know, are just living with those bondages, uh, weaknesses in our flesh, sinful weaknesses, um, you know, suffering, pain, uh, curse that we are believing that's coming down the generations, we just believe those lies, those are lies from the enemy. And it's dangerous to live and believe lies and say this, say, God, I want to make a commitment with you this afternoon that I'm going to press on. I'm going to take hold of that which you have made available to me, God. That which you've provided for me, God. I'm going to be forceful. I'm, doing, I'm going to do everything that it takes, God. 
to step into that divine plan, that purpose, that blessing that you already purchased for me on the cross. And say that, God, even as I do this, I know that you are there with me, God. Your presence, your power, the authority that you've given to me is with me, God. That you've already made me an overcomer. You've already made me triumphant. You've shared your victory with me, God. I stand on the point of victory, not at the point of defeat. And God, I'm going to do what it takes me to do. What you're asking me to do, God, to step in. To run, to press on, till I win, till I achieve, till I take hold of. And for some of us, we're not in a place where we need breakthroughs or deliverance. But like Paul, let us say, God, I'm I'm pressing in to live a life that is the, the fullness of life that you came to give me, God. Fullness of life in every area of my life. We experience your fullness in every aspect, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, for what you have given to us. So much more than even we can comprehend, understand, God. But even as we step in, even as we engage, even as we fight, God, even as we press on, we thank you that you're a God who's going to make known the unknown to us, God. You're a God who reveals things. You're a God who shows us. You're a God who equips us. You're a God who strengthens us to fight our battles. We just thank you, God. We praise you, Father. We give you glory and honor and praise. Just ask the other pastors to just lead out and minister. This morning, uh, even as we are just in the presence of God, there are a couple of things that I feel impressed on my heart, which uh, I just want to speak out. Um, in line with what Pastor Selena has been sharing about overcoming, we are overcomers. Uh, and um, I feel like there are people here you are experiencing, uh, you are in some dead situations. And by that, by that I mean, you know, you're at the end of your rope, you've hit a wall and you're just looking at God and saying, God, uh, it's, it's all over. It's over. But, you know, if God has spoken over your life and said that these things will be, uh, I just want to encourage you and say that... Um, we serve a God who gives life to dead bones. You know, dead bones which are dry, which, which have been lying there for, for, for a long period of time and there's no breath of life. We have a God who breathes life to dead bones. So uh, this morning I just want to pray for these dead situations. If the Holy Spirit is, is giving witness to your spirit, I, I just want you to agree together with me. We're going to speak life in Jesus' name. We're going to ask doors to be opened, the closed doors to be opened open once again in Jesus name we're going to ask God for for uh, for him to make a way uh, in these circumstances Father God, we thank you. God, you are a God, Lord, who calls those things uh, that don't exist, Father, as though they did. And so, God, this morning, Lord, I speak life into these dead situations, Father God. Lord, the purposes of God, Lord, over the lives of your children, Father, thank you that they are yes and amen. God, we do not accept, Lord, we do not accept the work of the evil one, Lord, the schemes that have come against them, Father, bringing a hindrance, oh God, Lord, to 
your work but father we just push past that lord by faith lord we speak lord we speak and release our authority and god we thank you lord even as we speak life god that these walls are just coming crashing down father god lord the deadness is being turned around father and god that you are raising up lord you're raising up an army father instead of dry bones father god lord we just want to give you thanks and praise lord for turning these situations around and lord we want you lord to receive all the glory for what you are doing in these situations thank you father god thank you for what you have done god thank you for what you have done and also want to pray for someone this is about uh, travel uh, there is travel planned uh, by you but uh, you know there are there are challenges for whatever reason you're not able to to move forward uh, i don't know what the issues are uh, this could be um, and this travel could be about your studies or it could be about your business but i just see god making a way uh, you know just as if sometimes you have the traffic signal and the timing is just right for you to to cross so i just see god making a way for you to make that travel uh, and uh, i i want to speak uh, the word of god over your situation uh, it's isaiah 55 and verse 12 which says uh, you shall go out with peace and be led forth uh, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace and the mountains and the hills uh, shall shall you know uh, clap forth um, sorry i'm missing that word but i'm just speaking god's god's uh, joy and his rejoicing as he's making a way for you to actually make that travel and you will know that this is a supernatural work that god has done in your life uh, allowing you to to move forward um, uh, in this particular thing uh, and finally i i want to pray for for uh, women okay with uh, menstrual issues i know um, you know i i do not want to embarrass anybody but uh, if you are at home and you're comfortable you could just put your hand you know on your abdomen region but you know others it's it's fine like we do understand but i want to pray and i want you to believe together with me if there are issues that you've been facing um, we serve a god who has healed us on the cross you know first peter 2:24 says uh, we were healed right by the stripes of jesus we were healed you were healed and i want you to believe together with me for the healing of god to flow through your body father god thank you lord thank you that god you are a god who who forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases and god at this time i i uh, release that healing lord i just release that healing lord o- over uh, women who've been praying lord and, and trusting you and waiting upon you god for for uh, them to experience healing lord with regard to their menstrual issues and father god thank you that lord you're touching them right now thank you god. God for 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 uh, wholeness thank you God for your power in Jesus name we pray amen All right let's just pray together Father we thank you for the words that have been released thank you for the word of God that's been delivered and Father we just pray for the situations that uh, that people may be carrying those inside the auditorium those watching online our father we pray for workplace situations and our spe- specifically I just want to pray right now for the favor of god to be released if there's 
uh, there's been uh, a situation between you and your manager, things are not going right. I want to speak the favor of God. I speak the favor of God into that situation that when you go back to work tomorrow, when you reconnect with your manager, everything will be turned around. There'll be special favor on your life in the name of Jesus. And Father, I also speak over people who are in debt. God, in the Bible, we've seen you've canceled debt supernaturally. And for there are people here or those watching, um, you're, in a, you're in a difficult situation because of the loan, the, 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 the money that you borrowed from the bank. You're now in a situation, it's so difficult to repay. But we, I speak God's miracle. Amen. We don't need to know how, but I speak God's miracle, divine intervention into that situation. That just as he canceled the widow woman's debt that she was left with, that God will step into your situation and he will resolve and he will deal with this this debt that you have it's not I'm not encouraging us to go into debt I'm just saying if you're there right now and it's been such a weight on you God steps into that and what he did in the Bible he does for you today in the name of Jesus so receive that receive a divine intervention from God into that bank situation the, the money you borrowed from the bank how you're gonna pay it back God will do it for you. God will intervene in your situation. So you receive that. You receive that. And Father, I also speak right now into family situations, God, where there are these problems at home and tensions and unbearable things at home, conflict at home, in the families. But you're the God who said, my people will live in peaceful habitations. My people will live in peaceful habitations. And so on the authority of your word, I speak peace into those family situations. Where there's been conflict, let there be peace in the name of Jesus. Let there be a sudden change of heart and mind towards these matters. Because you said, my people will live in peaceful habitations. So let there be a sudden change in these conflict situations at home that hearts and minds be changed and we thank you father for your intervention in these situations and we speak here in the name of jesus we speak based on god's word and father i thank you that you watch over your word to perform it i thank you that you will not let one word that's spoken from here fall to the ground that you will establish it in the lives of your people and they will testify, look what the Lord has done. Because God, you are faithful. And we give you thanks, Father. We honor you for it. And we speak your blessing on your people. We speak healing and wholeness into the lives of people. We speak, Lord, a miracle healing into the bodies of people. That miraculously, they'll receive healing. We thank you, Father. And we bless you. We honor you. We give you thanks. Let's just close, please. Thank you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources including sermons, sermon notes, publication, please visit abcwo.org. 
For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, please visit apcbiblecollege.org. Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play Store.